0: doing it no more shady business rituals essential for women 18 plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust get 25 off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today that's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25 off are you hiring do you know where to post your job for the best candidates Running a growing business myself, I know all about the challenge of adding new members to your team. Making a new hire can take forever, and finding the perfect candidate for a job is not an easy task. Usually, posting your job in just one place is not enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now, you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in. You don't have to juggle a thousand emails anymore. Just quickly screen your candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. Hi and welcome back to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today I want to talk about something that is currently happening in my life. The stress of having a baby. So I was doubting whether or not to record this episode just for the simple fact that when it comes to motherhood, everything changes all the time. So I literally go from super high highs to super low lows One day I feel like everything is just miserable, I have no idea what's happening, I can't figure anything out, I'm stressed out and tired and not sleeping, and then the next day everything is a dream and I'm on cloud nine and it's just beautiful and marvelous and calm. So I figured recording an episode about my current state when it comes to my six-week-old baby Lea Luna... Um, It might be a little tricky because when we actually release this episode in a couple days, I might not feel exactly the same way. But the topic I want to talk about, I feel like is something that kind of keeps coming back in my relatively short, you know, time as a mom thus far. And it's also something that keeps coming back in my conversations with other moms and friends of mine that have babies. And it's guilt, I, I thought I was alone in this in the beginning, and I've realized now that I'm absolutely not. It's something that's so absolutely common. Uh, the feeling of guilt entering motherhood, the guilt of the new mom. So I'm not, you know, sure if, if maybe me and Dennis, we were unusually lucky with our baby during the first weeks. So our baby girl, Lea Luna, I'm sure you guys have, have seen her face more than once on Instagram. Um, she was born March 13th, so she's six weeks this week. And the first month, the first four weeks with this baby, she did not cry. And <laughs> I kept telling people, oh, I hope this is a personality thing and not a face. <laughs> because she just literally, she just wouldn't cry. She would make little noises and exclamations and maybe, you know, cute little adorable, I'm hungry cries or change my diaper cries. Um, But she never cried for no reason, or she never cried for a long time. I was never, only once was I ever nervous or upset when she cried. That one time was actually our first first night at home. And of course, you know, we had this 24-hour-old baby. We were at home, and she was just the most fragile thing. I just, given birth, I was, you know, it was, everybody who's had a baby knows the first 24 hours are kind of just a haze. And it was in the middle of the night. She started crying. Panic crying, like crying, like she was in pain, crying, like she was going to die, and uh, maybe it lasted two minutes, maybe three minutes. It was not a very long time, but this was my first day as a mom, my first, you know, moments with my baby, and my first reaction was, "Oh my god, I am a horrible mother already." (laughs) That was literally my first, my first thought. Like I can't believe already, I can't do this. And I did everything I could, you know, I mean, I tried giving her the boob, she didn't want to eat, If she had a fresh diaper, I don't think she was warm or, or cold, it's just she wouldn't stop crying. I mean, mind you, this was two or three minutes max, so not that long. Uh, in my book, it felt like, you know, two or three hours at least. So I ended up actually calling my mom sobbing in the middle of the night, <laughs> crying crying I mean I I thought I was going to lose my mind and there was a moment where in the middle of her cry she choked on her own cry and then stopped breathing for like a second I I almost fainted it was just the most horrible 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 thing and you know I even had to I had to talk Dennis had to talk me down from going to the hospital I said oh my god she's choking if she keeps crying like this is she going to die you know and It was interesting because my first thought was really, what am I doing wrong? What is it that I could be doing differently to make this baby stop crying? So I called my mom. It was in the middle of the night. I'm just frantically, you know, freaking out. And my mom picks up the phone. And the first thing out of my mouth was, what am I doing wrong? And my mom said, you know, nothing. It's it's okay. Babies cry. This is a one-day-old baby. You know, she's fresh out of the womb. It's totally normal. Don't worry. It will stop. And I think a minute later, Leia stopped crying and she fell asleep and everything was was fine. And after that first night, we've had four really quiet and really calm weeks and she hasn't been crying. She never cried like that ever again. So I've almost felt a little bit, I mean, not embarrassed, but... I'm so used to sharing a real, honest, authentic truth of my day. And I almost felt for the first four weeks of having this baby, I almost felt a little bad because everything I was sharing every single day was positive, you know, and and I I got some comments like, you know, no one has this life or why are you sharing this rosy, dreamy, rainbow, butterfly filled world when this is not real, motherhood is not like this. But for us, the first four weeks, it actually was. So I, I even had to tone down my happiness a little bit because I felt like it was making it challenging for, for moms that weren't having such an easy time during the first weeks. So we had that first month, everything happy, beautiful, baby sleeping five hours straight every single night. Like we we slept all night through, just not crying. And then at five weeks, so about a week ago, something just changed. I mean, it was like a 180 degree turn, I honestly don't know what triggered it, but the past week has been incredibly challenging. I mean, super, super, super challenging. And still in the day, daytime, this baby is a dream. So she wakes up cracking up, like she's laughing, smiling. She smiled already from the first week, like she smiles all the time. And in the daytime, she takes really long naps, she sleeps well, she eats a ton. And she's in this really cute phase where she just, you know, smiles at everything and she makes the most adorable little sounds like for the first time I can really sense how she's communicating with me and she sees me and we're kind of talking to each other it's it's amazing but around six o'clock sharp so every single night for the past for the past week she starts crying and she just won't stop And since this is brand new for us, I mean, okay, we've been parents for like five minutes, but (laughs) since this is not what we're used to, you know, the first night this happened, it legitimately was a traumatic experience. Like I, I feel still shook from the nights of crying that we've had, that we've had with her. I mean, she'll start crying, but it's not the type of cry that's telling you something. It's the type of cry like she's in total pain and it's so high pitched and it's so painful. My reaction to it it's literally a physical reaction like I feel I was trying to explain to Dennis because he doesn't feel the same I was trying to explain to him I said when the baby cries in this way in this like inconsolable way it feels like someone is slowly pulling out my fingernails one nail at a time that's the pain it's like a physical reaction and it's just excruciating it's torture it's it's, it's horrible And, you know, it's something that it just makes me feel so helpless. She's crying and crying and then, you know, an hour passes and she's still going. So, of course, we're exhausted. We're freaking out. We've tried everything. Um, I'm snapping at Dennis. Like I become so irritable and everything he's doing is just wrong. And everything I'm doing is also wrong. And, you know, people have said, you know, it's colic. I I don't know if it's colic because it doesn't go on for that long. And it's only been, it's, it's been five days of this crying. So I read... It needs to be three weeks consistent and for more than three hours consistently to be labeled colic, I don't know if that's true, but it's just, I have a feeling it has something to do with the turn, with the switch from day to night, or that she's just over, well, like she's trying to process something and she just can't manage. Or maybe she's in pain, I, I don't know. But we spent these nights where I'm just holding the baby, pacing up and down the house, bouncing her up and down until I feel like my arms are going to fall off. And, you know, finally, I think, you know, an hour and a half, maybe in, she just passes out from exhaustion and then she's asleep. So it's not like, you know, she doesn't go all night. So maybe it starts, it's like six to eight or six to seven 30. She's just crying. But after that, we can't go back to having a normal evening. It's like something has shifted in me. I am totally, I'm just a total, total mess. And then the rest of the night is spent. I'm just staring at the baby, you know freaking out about every noise if the dogs start barking I lose my shit <laughs> someone you know the doorbell rings or there's a tree branch snapping outside or like Dennis's phone rings like any noise um, I'm just so terrified that the baby's gonna wake up because the thought of having her you know crying starting again it's just not manageable so even though she doesn't usually start crying again, the idea or the thought that maybe we're going to have a horrible night, maybe this will start back up and maybe the baby will cry for the whole evening, just the thought of that, even though it's not a reality, it's enough to mess me up for for days, for a really long time. So what this has done is it's created a really shitty space between me and my husband, first of all, because I'm on edge this whole week. I've been on edge, unable to relax, just feeling really stressed. And I'm nitpicking every single thing that I do throughout the day because I keep arriving back at this question, what am I doing wrong? And for some reason, this is the first thing that pops up into my head whenever she's sad. Um, it's not logical stuff, like okay, does she need a fresh diaper? Is she too hot? Does she have a tummy ache? You know, but what am I doing wrong? It's a personal thing. Like I am, you know, personally responsible. Of course, you know, for every emotion that she moves through, for everything that happens to her, even though, you know, logically I can, I can see that, okay, not everything is in my control. Not everything is my fault, but it's dawned on me that I, I think motherhood is, is intricately tied to this feeling of guilt. Does everyone go through this? Am I alone? I, I don't think so. I mean... But what I'm wondering is, is it a mom type thing or is it a dad type thing too? Because then is his first reaction to whenever she's sad. It's always the practical stuff. Like what does the baby need? He doesn't automatically drop into this self-doubt or guilt or this personal space. He just stays within this reasonable framework of, okay, let's figure this out. He never freaks out. He never loses his mind. But me, it's like every time the baby gets upset, i I lose my ability to 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 stay calm. I just something happens within me that's just not okay. And I was tracing it back. So last weekend we had a retreat. it was a, it was a super beautiful weekend. We had a retreat. It was my first working engagement since I gave birth uh, with one of my favorite skincare brands, Philosophy. It's the second time a second year in a row that they've come to Aruba with, uh, with our team and some super cool influencers. And we do a retreat here where we practice yoga and just have tons of fun. And we had this booked for a long time. And when we booked the trip, you know, since my due date was two weeks before I gave birth. So I was two weeks overdue. uh, I told the team, okay, I'm going to have a six week old baby. I have no idea what it's going to be like. I'm just going to roll with it. Um, But she actually ended up being only four weeks. So she was, you know, super, super tiny. And the first night of this retreat, we were at a beautiful hotel and my mom was here, thank God, and it was just a super calm evening. We were having dinner with the team and they, they, they even gave us a hotel room at the hotel where the restaurant was so my mom could stay with the baby um, just, you know, super close around the corner. And I thought everything's going to be fine. You know, she ate a lot. I gave the baby to my mom. It was an hour or hour and a half of dinner. And I just said, okay, if anything happens, you know, if she needs, if she wakes up and she's hungry, just call me and I'll be there in one minute. So I'm not even, you know, separating from her. I'm just kind of stepping down to eat and then I'll be right back. And then the dinner starts... And we're eating, I I held a speech, we're talking, having a super nice time. And at the back of my head, I'm like, wow, this is going so great. I'm so happy that the baby's just sleeping and my mom is watching TV or something in the room. And then halfway through the dinner, uh, a woman from the bar comes running. She says, I'm I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Someone has been calling, uh, but we didn't know. But I think think, uh, your mom needs you. And I said, oh, okay, I'll be right up. And I excused myself from the dinner table and I just casually walked over thinking that the baby had just woken up and I'm just gonna feed her and be right back. And I opened the door to this hotel room and in this hotel room, it's just absolute mayhem. (laughs) I have never seen my mom so panicked. I mean, it was literal just mayhem. So it turns out the moment I left, which was, I guess, 45 minutes earlier or maybe 30 minutes earlier, I closed the door and the baby started crying and she wouldn't stop. And my mom had called and called and called, but no one had picked up. So I just sat there at dinner while my baby was screaming her lungs off around the corner in this hotel room and I didn't know. And my mom didn't want to disturb the dinner because it was a business thing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she was crying like she was dying. It was just, she was inconsolable. It was the type of scream that I've never heard in my entire life. And she screamed and screamed and screamed. I couldn't feed her. I couldn't. There was nothing I could do to calm her. So in the end, you know, we ended up kind of leaving before dessert. Like, I'm so sorry. We have to go. Like, we have to, we have to get home. And. I realized this was the first evening that the baby had ever been away from our house. So, of course, everything was different. The ambiance was different, the lighting, the people, the smells. It was just a completely new scenario. And for the first time in her four-week life, I wasn't attached to her. You know, she wasn't attached to me because I've been, you know, holding her since she was born, basically. So I can see that, you know, this was not a super easy space for to to be in. And we got home. She eventually stopped crying and went to sleep so everything was okay it was just a really really traumatic cry and I don't know I'm maybe people that don't have kids that listen to this or maybe people with kids that never have experienced this you might think that I'm just an insane person is it normal to to feel like you're moving through a traumatic event when your baby cries inconsolably is that normal I mean I'm really asking is it normal because because I don't know I really don't know. My friends that I talk to, I mean, no one has a baby the same age as mine. And I feel like as your baby gets older, you kind of forget. But everybody says, oh, yeah, of course. Everybody goes through those difficult cries and difficult phases. But I really feel like when she cries like that, it's a traumatic experience. I, I can't shake it off. But it lingers with me for, for days. You know, her being in pain or her being unhappy. It's just, oh, oh it's the worst. It's the absolute worst, worst thing ever. So anyway, we came back from this dinner and I could not relax. I couldn't let it go. You know, the baby was sleeping. She cried and cried and cried and cried before, but she was sleeping. But in my mind, this situation is still ongoing. So what do I do? Okay, I go into the pantry and I look for anything really shitty to eat. I'm just frantically looking through everything we have in the pantry. I find a bag of bugles (laughs) nacho cheese bugles and I down an entire bag of chips like I'm not even tasting it I'm just shoving fistfuls of chips in my mouth and then from there I move on to cookies I found some chocolate chip cookies and I ate like half a packet of, of just really kind of shitty cookies that I don't, don't even like and I ate like some Belgian like weird waffles like I just like ate the weirdest shittiest sugary crappiest stuff that we had in the house and I was so stressed out, and this was so funny because my mom was watching me like from the outside, and we. It wasn't until the next day that I could process <laughs> the way I was acting, and then I moved on from food to if 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 I wouldn't, I had actually a glass of wine at dinner. If I didn't, ha- if I wouldn't have had that, I probably would have had a glass of wine to try to calm myself. It was just like this automatic thing, and I went from there. I opened my computer and I realized, oh my god, I have nothing to wear, and all of a sudden I get sucked into this warp of I have to shop so it's 12 at night I open my computer I've never ever literally I'm not lying I've never been online shopping from Aruba before in my entire life I've never gone on to like a fashion website ordered clothes and then have them shipped to the Caribbean it's just it's just insane to ship things here and it's just not how I work but I go on this website I find this website for nursing clothes clothes that are perfect for when you're breastfeeding and I shop like a maniac. And then I click check out, I pay through PayPal. I didn't even have to pick up my credit card. And then I just like in a haze, I go upstairs into our bedroom, I take a shower, and then I sit down in bed and I just start bawling. Like crying my eyes out. I'm just, you know, hyperventilating crying. Crying so hard I just cannot stop. <laughs> I think I cried for a good 15 minutes. And then I took a huge breath, just like a, and then it passed. So I was in this just immense pain, but I was absolutely unable to sit with it. I was absolutely unable to stay with the sensation of feeling helpless because my baby was in pain or feeling guilty because I did something wrong. You know, it was really a feeling of guilt, like I took my baby out of the house for this business thing when all she wanted or all she needed was to be at home and nurtured and quiet with me in it. So it's like, I did this thing to her and the pain was so immense. And it seems like just a trivial mundane thing, you know, it shouldn't be a big deal, but I literally went, you know, from wine or trying wine to food to this online shopping frenzy to crying my eyes out until I actually could have this pain pass through me. So in a way I was I was trying to self-medicate. And I woke up the next morning. I spent $700. <laughs> I spent $700 buying bullshit stuff I did not need. <laughs> okay. And I I don't I didn't even remember what I ordered. I had to go back and look at this like order confirmation to see what I ordered because I have no clue. So in a way it was just this absolute unconscious thing that took me over and it's something that I've been talking to a lot with my mom um, these these past days so the idea of sitting with pain and it's something that's so important and it's something that's so valuable learning how to stay with yourself learning how to not escape when you're in pain and this goes for any type of pain so this pain that I'm experiencing now is the pain of my baby crying um, which isn't you know an imminent, She's not in danger. She's not going to die. She's not, she's not hurting. Like, you know, it's not going to affect her for in the long term. It pa- It's passing, but this works for, for any type of pain. And now my baby's crying. I don't know. Can you guys, can you hear this in the podcast? Okay. I'm going to take a little pause and feed my baby. This timing of this is insane. Um, I'll be right back. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Let's talk about sleep. Getting a full night's sleep was something I took for granted before having a baby. The time when I could just close my eyes and get a solid eight hours is long gone. So now making sure that the sleep that I do get is quality sleep is so, so important. My bedroom has become my haven, so I make sure to keep it really cozy and really inviting so my little girl and I can snuggle up in the comfiest bed ever. We co-sleep, so making sure we have great sheets has become a top priority. That's why I'm so happy that I found Parachute. We now sleep on the softest, most comfortable sheets that I've ever owned. Parachute sheets are designed in Venice Beach and they're responsibly manufactured in Europe. They're beautiful, crazy comfortable, and most importantly, especially with a baby. They're 100% natural with no harmful chemicals or synthetic softeners. Parachute is also socially responsible, which I love. They're partnered with the United Nations Foundation Nothing But Nets campaign and have donated thousands of malaria prevention bed nets. They also donate any returns to Habitat for Humanity. Go Parachute! Now that I have these gorgeous, super soft sheets, getting into bed with my 7-week-old is a dream. I might not sleep as much as I used to, but the eye I I do get is high quality. If you're listening to this podcast, you can get free shipping and returns. Parachute offers a 60-night trial, so if you don't love it, just send it back, no questions asked. Improve your sleep today. Visit parachutehome.com slash yogagirl for free shipping and returns. That's parachutehome.com slash yogagirl for free shipping and returns. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So, oh my god, <laughs> that was that was very fitting. Yeah, baby's just crying downstairs and Dennis brought her up um she's still a little sad so you might hear her a little bit in the in the background this is the real life shit podcast okay I'm not sitting in a fancy studio somewhere recording this um I'm in my bedroom (laughs) with my baby and my husband and my dogs and my goats downstairs (laughs) so anyway what I was talking about was so the idea of sitting with pain and I was sharing that the pain, you know, it doesn't have to be this type of pain, but the idea of sitting with pain, it could be really, really intense, heavy things. Um, one of my greatest lessons from working through really, really intense grief, uh, my best friend passed away a few years ago. And one of the reasons I think that I healed, or however much you can actually heal from something as awful as that, um, but that I was able to actually, you know, survive it, was the fact that I was absolutely 100% forced to sit with the pain. Um, the same day she, um, she crashed her, her car on the highway, I collapsed at an airport and had appendicitis. I needed surgery that same day. We were in surgery at the same time. And after that, I couldn't move. So my go-to, everybody has their own go-to when it comes to escaping pain. My go-to usually is yoga or wine, <laughs> sometimes both. Okay, a lot of times both. Those are my go-to. So whenever I'm in pain or an in intense, you know, discomfort, it's really hard to stay with that. So the tendency is to want to escape it. How can I run from this? And there are really difficult and negative ways to run from things. There are slightly more positive ways. But at the end of the day, if you're running, you're running. You know, you're not actually allowing yourself to process and experience the emotion that's come your way. And I truly believe that that's the most um, that's the most crucial point when it comes to healing. We have to let ourselves feel and experience the pain. So for me, um, when my friend passed away, I was tied to a hospital bed. So I couldn't do yoga for months, actually, I mean weeks specifically, but for months, I couldn't practice properly. And those first few days, those first few weeks, where my tendency would have been to to run to my yoga mat, maybe you know, to move my body, to get out of this feeling, um, I probably would have been the first one to help arrange the funeral and take care of her family and go be the fixer and the doer. And this time I couldn't. I, I had to just be still. And it made it so much more painful. I had to experience all of that pain in one go. But it also allowed me to really move through those emotions in a much quicker way. So there are ways you can run from pain for years. You know, We can move through really traumatic things. And part of that is also... I think our mind's way of protecting us. Some things are too heavy to experience all at once. So escaping it a little bit allows us to survive it. But the idea of sitting with pain it also comes in our day-to-day stuff. So it doesn't have to be heavy things as grief and death, but the day-to-day things as, you know, your baby crying hysterically. That night after that dinner, I was unable to sit with that pain. I went to every escape I could find, which was food, weird online shopping (laughs) and then I had to cry and when I actually cried I let those emotions flow through me I let that pain come up and then I was done and then I could also see how crazy I was acting the past few hours like whoa I was really trying to find every type of fix in the book and I wanted to share with you guys so my mom wrote me something really beautiful on Instagram the other day Um, my mom was my guest uh, on last week's episode um, you can find her on Instagram. She's Shama Um uh, But she wrote something really beautiful about sitting with pain, and I wanted to share it with me. Uh, I think her biggest pain in this moment is not being here with me and the baby. So being a grandma from so far away is super challenging. And my mom is also sober since 10 months back. Uh, so she shares a lot on her Instagram account about addiction and anxiety. So uh, I'm going to read this post to you because I thought it was, it was very fitting and, and really beautifully written. So it goes, some of you ask me about anxiety and addiction. You ask me how to handle anxiety without numbing it out. Well, it goes like this. When I am at peace, I am so good at advising people on what to do. I know exactly how to handle pain and anxiety. And in my imagination, everything is doable. Am I at peace right now? Absolutely not. Can I sit with pain? Absolutely not. Tonight, I've been zapping all the apps on my phone. I've looked at apartments, I've Googled documentaries, I watched half a movie, made pancakes for dinner, I went to an AA meeting, unclogged the pipes from the bathtub, and checked my email 67 times. There is a hole inside of me, and I can almost measure it. It has the size of a 1 meter 73 centimeter tall woman and a 58 centimeter tall baby girl. The hole is actually bigger than me, so I'm a walking hole right now. To try to fix this hole with pancakes and emails is pretty silly and still, this is what anxiety does. To just sit in the hole and look into the wall like a psychopath is not possible. So what is a good option? I ask myself. The anxious me is asking the serene version of me right now. What is a good version, a good option right now? Honestly, I don't know, as this version of me is much less wise and much more fidgety. But I did two good things. I sent a text to my daughter saying how much I miss them and that I try to fill the space inside with silliness. And then I wrote this post, putting it down in words, that this is how I walk the talk and it actually helps. Being honest with myself, saying out loud, right here, right now, the addict in me is taking over. Right now, my addictive nature wants me to do drugs, any drug possible, like unclogging pipes, whatever. Just do it. Fill the hole. Baby girls, I miss you and there's a hole in me bigger than me and it's a silhouette, looks just like this and I know it's only feelings and feelings pass and this feeling inside is as big as my love for you and I know that right now I have an opportunity to sit with pain and to heal something even if I don't know what I'm healing if it hurts it heals and love hurts that's for sure and this is so true and it's it applies so much to my current situation and I feel in a way it applies to all of us so what are you running from in your life right now? What sort of pain are you unable to sit with? Is it a trivial or, you know, day-to-day type of pain, like just in the pain of your baby crying? Is it a heavy pain, like the pain of losing someone? Or is it anything in between? You know, I, I really want to kind of advice you guys to, to sit with that for a second is there anything i'm running from right now and know that running from pain whatever escape you choose it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol or these really negative you know heavy things we can run from pain with yoga and meditation and when we use yoga uh, as a way to escape pain we're not using it for the full benefits anymore. We're not doing it for the for the right purposes anymore because we're using it as, as an escape. Anything can be an escape from pain. And that's something that I've learned I mean, throughout the past years is whenever I run to my yoga mat because I need a distraction, it usually means that I'm not showing up for myself in other ways. It usually means that there is a more beneficial way for me to move through that moment. And usually... It's feeling the feelings usually it's bawling my eyes out you know and sometimes we have to go through those rounds those levels of escape those levels of trying to self-medicate before we arrive at the feeling and that's beautiful because you know we do our best we do what we can and the day before yesterday we we had another challenging day so these crying you know difficult days it's been it was five days in a row and the day before yesterday, Um, we were in the midst of of a routine that we started implementing because it was something someone advised me on Instagram. You really need a routine for the baby. If the baby knows what's coming next, it's much easier to keep the peace and the calm in the evening. And this, of course, makes so much sense. Me and my husband were unable to keep routine or plan for ourselves ever. We're very, very, very bad at that. So, of course, we have not implemented anything for the baby either. So now is a good time. And we started implementing some things that actually proved to be super, super helpful so before we didn't have a routine so the baby was just happy to sleep whenever and however but now clearly that's not the case anymore. So what we do is every evening around 5 30 or 6 we go take a walk. We take the dogs, we put them in the car, we take the baby, put her in her uh, car seat in the car and we drive to the north coast and we go for a really long walk like a 45 or hour walk with the baby there and this is really beautiful because it's what used to be our old routine before the baby every day at the end of the day, by sunset, we would walk the dogs in the North shore. We haven't done this in the past, you know, five weeks or so because we had a baby and walking three dogs and a baby is kind of daunting, but we started doing this. So then Carrie's Leah on his chest and the baby Bjorn, and we walk. And after that, we come back and we have a little bit of play time. Like I take all her clothes off. She gets to be naked, which she loves. Uh, and then we take a shower so instead of giving her a bath, I find because we don't have a bathtub, so we would give her a bath in this big kind of plastic tub. But it was a little disconnecting because we were not, you know, part of that bath. It's just like we're washing her. So what I started doing is I started taking her into the shower. I use an essential oil diffuser and I diffuse lavender oil in there. We put really cozy lighting on, and we make the the water just the perfect temperature and the nice shower with her, just holding her and washing her in the shower. And don't don't worry, of course, I'm, I'm holding tight. I'm not ever going to drop my baby that was (laughs) some people were worried about that I'm never going to drop my baby but it's the best thing so that shower is literally the highlight of my entire day she loves it so much I mean the warm water the mood we're so calm it's just she's so happy in there it's the best it's the absolute best and being skin to skin and just her cute tiny little butt like it's the best the shower is the best And then after that, I give her a massage and I give, especially her belly, because I think maybe she has gas. So I, I've heard that helps. She loves that, of course. And then she gets her PJs and then she eats a lot, like double boob eat. <laughs> and then we put her to sleep and it's actually working. So since we started implementing this routine, those spurs of, of, of crying have become way shorter. So they went from like an hour and a half or two hours to 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, so I can definitely sense that it's really working. And out of the last four or five nights, we've had, I think, yeah, at least three really good ones, where she only cried like five or 10 minutes. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Are you like me? Do you have a thousand photos taking up space in your phone, but not a single one in a frame hung on the wall? Especially now that I'm taking a million baby pictures, I've been longing to get my most beautiful memories off my phone and up on the wall. Thankfully, now it's all possible with a click of a button with framebridge.com. Also, don't forget that Mother's Day is around the corner. Framebridge makes it super easy to give a thoughtful gift that will last for years. Framebridge is easy to use. Just go to framebridge.com, choose your frame, upload your photo, and the expert team at Framebridge will frame it for you and deliver it straight to your door in a matter of days. It's super affordable, too, so all shipping is free. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you will get 15% off your first order by using the code YOGAGIRL. Don't get stuck searching for a last-minute gift. Order now for Mother's Day delivery. Go to Framebridge.com. Use the promo code Yoga Girl, and you'll save an additional fifteen percent off of your first order. Just go to Framebridge.com. Promo code Yoga Girl. Framebridge.com. Promo code Yoga Girl. Um, but the day before yesterday, we she started crying, and then she wouldn't stop. So we're like ten minutes in, and then then is that ordered takeout? So he said, "Okay, why don't we put the baby in the car? and go get the pizza." Because uh, she usually likes to really sleep in the car. Uh, maybe that works. So, okay, we put the baby in the car and we're driving and she's crying. And I'm realizing, oh God, we are, we've arrived at this point now. We're those parents that put the baby in the car to make the baby stop crying. <laughs> I used to think that was the most insane thing. Like I've heard these stories of parents that drive circles around the block to make the baby fall asleep. And it's just sounded insane to me. Now I totally get it. Like when your baby cries, whatever makes the crying stop, you do. Like whatever works, you do. I mean, I literally anything. So we get in the car, but she doesn't fall asleep. She doesn't stop crying. It's not working. So we're driving to get the pizza and I realize, oh shit, I should have stayed home. Now she's crying worse because she's strapped in a car seat and she's really unhappy. It's just increasing, getting worse and worse and just horrible. And we get to the restaurant and then it says, you know what? Just stay in the car. I'm gonna take the baby. I'll go get the pizzas. Everything's fine. Just stay here and breathe. So he takes the baby and he leaves. (laughs) I'm sitting in this parking lot and it's just pitch black and you know, in the car. And again, I get this urge to do something. I get this urge to just I wanna run out of the car and like into the closest bar and just order a beer. Or like I, I start fidgeting with my phone. I start thinking, oh my god, I have to post something about this moment because this moment is so intense. But then I realize, hey, I'm I'm living this moment. Like I, I don't need to you know step out of the moment to talk about it to other people. Normally I share my feelings and my pain, but I do that you know with the afterthought after the epiphany arrived of whatever I was experiencing. But here I was in the middle of the moment, like reaching for Instagram as a way to as a way to yeah to calm myself as a way to escape this pain. And then I didn't. I put my phone down. I didn't run to the closest bar. Of course not. And I just start crying. And I'm sitting in this parking lot in this dark car, crying my eyes out. And then I realize the lights are on inside the car and there's people outside in the parking lot and they're looking in and they can all see me crying. And then I start crying even more because I just felt like such a failure. And I'm the worst mom in the world, and I can't get my baby to stop crying. And this night, we did everything right. We did the massage, we did the PJs, we did all that stuff, and it's still not working. And I'm just the worst person in the whole world. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) Dennis comes back, and he's carrying the happiest baby in the whole world. (laughs) she's just so happy, she's absolutely stoked, he's super happy, he said, oh my god, we met all these people at the pizza place, they all knew her name, they follow you on Instagram, she's so happy, she was really happy to be out and about, he's like, I think she just, she likes people, she likes noise, she likes to be outside, she doesn't like to be, you know, locked into this air-conditioned bedroom, everything is fine and we drove home and she fell asleep and everything is fine and yesterday, we actually had the single best day we've had since the baby arrived I think and what we had is we had a very normal day Uh, we woke up early in the morning or Dennis woke up like five he went to train so he trains for triathlons so he goes and bikes and runs and swims and then he came home and then I went to yoga baby's super happy we went to lunch had italian for lunch it was great then we went for coffee and cheesecake which was beautiful we went to the beach saw the sunset got dinner came home and here is the craziest thing of all this was like an epiphany for both of us we came home did the routine with the baby and then at the very end when she's eaten and it's time for her to sleep normally we have to bounce her and walk her around a little bit So we're walking her, bouncing her, and she's getting increasingly fuzzy. And then it's just, okay, wait, let me just put her down and let me like put on the baby carrier. So he puts her on her belly in her bed and boom, she falls asleep. Like out like a light. She just fell asleep. She was waiting for for us to stop worrying about her. You know, she was waiting for us to stop fuzzing. Like just put me in my bed and let me go to bed. God damn it. And she fell asleep and she slept the entire night. So today I'm in this completely, you know, different space. Every day is just so different. It's just such a roller coaster. You know, I'm here in all of this, just trying to share my feelings, trying to share my story. I'm a new mom. I feel guilty all the time. I feel inadequate. I feel worried. I feel anxious. But the more I contemplate it now, the more I realize out of, you know, all of these things, I think there's spiritual lessons in a way. I think, I think this baby is here to show me all of my wounds. She's showing me all the areas where I need learning, all the areas where I need healing. Because if I would step back and I would look at my life from the outside, you know, I would know, actually, I'm doing amazing. I have this perfect six-week-old gorgeous baby girl. I love her more than possible. And I think all of this panic I'm feeling, is just, it's a sign of how much I love her. And I'm doing the absolute best I can. Everything I'm doing now is the best I can like Leah Luna she's healthy she's happy and she's so loved she's the most loved baby in the whole universe and I know you know her crying it's not a reflection of my abilities as a mom or as a person babies cry I'm just wondering how come this is easier for Dennis and it's so challenging for me <sighs> of course he hates it when he cries too of course he does but the difference is he doesn't tie it into his own self-worth but why should I? I'm understanding now, I think I need to show up the best I can for my baby girl. And if I'm full of self-doubt, if I'm full of guilt, that's not the best version of me at all. So I'm practicing this. I'm practicing sitting with pain, allowing what comes. So now when she cries, so for instance, you know, 17 minutes ago, she was crying. I'm practicing not panicking, not freaking out, not reaching for her right away, just taking a breath, grounding myself, feeling my feet on the earth just sitting with this pain while doing all the things of course you know she was hungry that's why she was crying just now like it's all okay but I think practicing sitting with this pain is allowing myself to be a mom but not losing myself in the process and I think or I hope I mean little by little it gets easier right so I think the strangest of all is that even in these most challenging moments, so even when I'm sitting in the parking lot in the dark, bawling my eyes out, this is still the most beautiful time of my life. Like, this is still the most amazing part of my life. I've never been happier. I've never felt more of a roller coaster of emotions, but it's really true. I've never known love like this. I love her so much. Okay, just saying these words, I love her so much, it's making me tear up. Like I, I could cry right now just from the thought, the idea. The knowing of how much I love her, I've been recording this podcast for what, yeah, thirty minutes, and I miss her. <laughs> I honestly miss her. She's just downstairs, but I miss her so much. My whole heart aches. <sighs> I did love. It's just it's so overwhelming, and honestly, it's making me a little crazy. <laughs> I'm loving so much. I'm loving so hard that I'm going a little nuts. <sighs> and maybe out of all the reasons there are in the world to go a little crazy probably this is a really good one (laughs) so i want to end this podcast by saying to every mom out there every single mom out there just in case you need to hear it and in case no one has told you in a while you are doing amazing you are an absolute badass goddess of a warrior woman i mean you're strong you're capable and everything you are is good enough (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find these on rachelbraython.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Parachute, Framebridge, and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.